Welcome to Start With A Win, where we give you the tools and lessons you need to create business and personal success. Are you ready? Let's do this. Coming to you from Brand Viva Media Headquarters, it's Adam Contos with Start With a Win. Producer Mark, how you doing, buddy? That hey. was that was some wicked dancing you got going on there. Oh, yeah. I Well, you know, hey, if you only listen to this podcast, you can head over to YouTube. You are and missing watch the out. Version of this. Yeah, uh, you know, I like to get the blood flowing. It kind of gets you ready to have a good conversation and uh, be engaged, you know. and You know, we've been and, dancing uh, for years on this show. We have. I sure, uh, you know, Engineer James can like put it, put a whole a compilation of our <laughs> That's ridiculous dangerous. dancing. It brings a lot yeah. of joy to my life, though. Yeah, you know, you can't really be dancing and frowning at the same time. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, that's a new quote here. Exactly. Well, hey, I'm excited to introduce our guest uh, today on Start With a Win. Uh, we have Amanda Gore on the show, and she is one of America and Australia's most popular professional speakers. She is an expert on communications, leadership, and group dynamics. Her goal is to help people reduce stress, improve communication, build personal and professional relationships, as well as develop teams of collaborative and trusting colleagues. Amanda, welcome to Start With a Win. Welcome, Amanda. You guys, a very impressive dancing, I must say. Oh, well, thank you. And it's so nice so nice to see you again. And you, Adam. It's lovely. Yes. I love a Remax team and a, an extension of it here in some ways. There you go. And Remax is a sponsor of our show. So oh. perfect. Works well, out great. But right. um, yeah, I've, I've seen you speak and it's you're fabulous on stage. Oh, thank you. you. Captivate the audience and you really bring everybody up a few levels during the process. So I want to get into what you talk about and why that is effective in business and personal life. So um, let's just get right in. Joy. I mean, we, we use the word joy. Dancing brings joy to me. Um, and you talk about joy being the new That's high- That's unusual. Oh, yeah, sorry. Crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but joy is the new high-performance fuel. Can you tell us more about that philosophy? Well, yes, because we don't talk about joy at all pretty much at work. We talk a lot about mental health issues. Right. We talk about how depressed people are at work and how miserable they are and how hard it is to find people to work for you and all of those things. And, you know, your um, niche is also entrepreneurs, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And entrepreneurs t- traditionally, and I'm generalizing, so everybody stay calm. And if I say anything to upset anybody, just repeat to yourself, she's an Aussie. She doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> like I don't wake up in the morning going, how can I offend people today? Um, but I've just arrived back from Australia and and that's the other thing to live here. So my Aussieisms are very strong right now. Uh, so having said that, most entrepreneurs generalizing are people who are very driven and on task and they've got a mission and a purpose. And those things are great when you don't stop and, uh, rest along the way and find the joy in the moments, then you actually lose that sense of joy and you might get to where you've been striving to get to, but you'll be miserable. And and then what's the point? And just yesterday, I had a call with a woman who reached out to me and just wanted to have a chat to see how I had gotten to where I am, I suppose. 
I'm old, that's how. <laughs> not, not what you were talking, she was 34 and okay. she was talking about everything she could do and she was setting up this business and she was coaching and she was training and she was wanted to speak. And, and it, by the time we'd finished, I said to her, it sounds to me like you're very driven, you get bored very easily. And the reason I'm saying this is because I think it ties into a lot of entrepreneurs. And by the time we'd finished and I had given her permission so she gave herself permission to just take a big breath and to recognize she didn't have to strive and push really hard all the time, that she could kind of ease it out a little and take a breath here and there and find the joy in being present in this moment and just stopping. And I know it sounds corny, but we don't do it. And it's true. Just just stop and smell a rose or look outside and watch the snow in your case or sit in the sun, in my case, and, and do those little things. And you should have heard the sigh that, of relief that went through her whole body. Wow. And, and from those small moments, like lots of people think joy is, Wah! and everything was fabulous. But you know, joy is really, in my mind, a tremendous sense of peace and that things are okay in the world. And because from that place of peace and equilibrium, you can look out and experience joy in the nature that's around you or the people that are around you or what's happening around you. Right. So I want to unpack that a little bit more because, I mean, it sounds to me like she was getting really tense and really worked up with, you know, when you start, yeah, you start looking at all of these things piling up in front of you and it, I mean, first of all, it just, it takes away any relaxation that you have. And we can't function when we're all wound up like a spring and, and tense and overwhelmed and things of that nature. You, you mentioned mental health. I mean, you know, that's, some people call that anxiety. And they're looking for a way to just get rid of the noise and the, the voices in their head that are, you know, attacking them. You've got so, it's, it's like you're standing there and 20 people are telling you what to do because you're thinking of 20 things at once. Yeah. So you you mentioned getting her to take that sigh of relief and then she finds some clarity. Why does that happen when we when we take a step back and we relax the things that are important surface instead of all of the things uh, you know coming at us? How why are we able to do that do you think? You know that's a great question because I'm not so sure it's all about giving yourself permission and understanding what's at the root of what's driving you. And for me, it always comes back to the stories that we tell ourselves between zero to seven. So I've been studying with a man, I studied with a man called Michael Grinder for 35 years, who's taught me an enormous amount about nonverbal communication. He's probably the world's leading nonverbal communication expert. And uh, David Martin, Dr. David Martin, I've been working with in the last seven years. And through my work with him, I'm 68 now, so through my work with, and I only tell you that, because I've done the most profound work on myself in the last eight years, really. Okay. Seven years. And probably the, the root, excuse me, the discoveries I've made about myself, which apply, I believe, to almost everyone, is that we are driven by stories that we tell ourselves. Yes. And those stories we told ourselves mm -hmm. when we were between zero to seven. So epigenetics teaches us 
that between zero to seven, a child's brain is basically hypnotized in a, in a same pattern, theta pattern, as hypnotized adults. And so the experiences happen around a child. Certain things happen. And when you're a toddler, you haven't got any sense of perspective. You have no capacity to understand what somebody else, your parents are feeling or somebody else is feeling or thinking. So when, when mummy yells at you because mummy hasn't slept for five days because you haven't, a toddler doesn't go, oh, mummy, I know you're exhausted because I haven't slept for a week and nor have you. I know you're not really yelling at me that you love me. You're just tired. No, that doesn't happen. A toddler doesn't do that. A toddler goes, mummy doesn't love me. I'm not worth loving. I'm not good enough. I'm, oh, no, I made my mummy unhappy. And that story gets embedded. And then, and it's like, um, I'd like to liken it to concentric circles, Adam, so that in the center of the, circle, <laughs> the circles is you, the essence of you, this astonishing, beautiful, brand new, state-of-the-art computer, this astonishing being of light that you are. Then zero to seven happens around that essence of you. Right. In that zero to seven Malware comes in. That's how I describe it. Uh oh. And the malware are the fears, and there's three of them that we've told ourselves. Now, I got the trifecta. Some of you may not have any. Some of you have one or two, but they are I'm not worth loving and I'm not good enough. I, I took it to the next level. I told myself I was worthless. That was always helpful during my life, but it did drive me on to be the best like at everything I could do, or I strove to be the best at everything I did. The second core fear is, and of course that led me pretty close to burnout, uh, the second core fear is that I'm unsafe in some way. And if you permanently feel unsafe, one of the biggest ways we learn to feel safe is to control everything and everyone around us. As my, as my second husband pointed out to me that I was a little controlling, and I, of course, had the psychology degree and I was the one who had had all the training. So I magnanimously looked at him and said, ah, oh, I know what you're doing. You're projecting. <laughs> it took about a year till I realized there was just a bit of truth in what he said. Yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> Bugger it. And then the third core fear is separation. I don't belong. I don't fit in. So, so these three fears come in and surround the essence of you with malware, if you like, and then every other circle expanding out from those two central circles, um, every aspect of your life, every relationship, everything is run on that malware. And you know what it's like in a computer. You get a brand new computer, malware gets into it. Now, you don't know originally that the malware is in there. It's only as the malware sort of it creeps out and gets, I call them little pus balls, you know, they make little pus balls everywhere. And, and after a while, the computer doesn't work quite the same. And right. think, oh. and, but it becomes more and more and more obvious. Well, that's exactly what happens to us in life. And for many people, those stories play out in the way we treat ourselves and our relationships, which was an extremely long way to come back to the question you asked me, Adam, which was it's those stories that are driving us in our head okay. that keep us going that are like the 20 different people talking to you. We tell ourselves three things, and do those become the topic of those stories? Because it seems like those three things, I'm not good enough, I'm not safe, and I don't belong, 
is where we continue to go back when we have this tension in our lives. Is that is that kind of the root for all of these? Well, it's the root. We don't go back there. The thing is that because the reason I use the computer as the metaphor is because that malware is operating constantly in the background, constantly. And so everything is built on that. So let's say you're an entrepreneur and you've got a big meeting coming up and this is like a crucial meeting. Well, automatically it's, it's a reflex. As David Martin has taught me, the, these are reflexes. We don't even know they're operating in the background. And there can be the tiniest trigger in the environment that really has nothing to do with the original circumstance, but it triggers like a reflex instantly a behavior. And all of you, if you stop for 30 seconds, you will find out that, or you'll remember some experience you've had that really was like a nothing experience, but you reacted to it in a very strong way. Right. Well, that's the reflex kicking in. And, and I, I quote David quite a lot because these are his phrases, so I like to acknowledge him. He, he says that one of the most important things to do is to slow down to the speed of consciousness. And when you slow down to the speed of consciousness, which is being present in this very moment, then you can start to be aware of what you're telling yourself that's triggering the reflex that's causing the behavior. And you can start to catch yourself doing these things. So it, so it is a real exercise in awareness and consciousness um, because I didn't know I was telling myself these things. Because it's so deeply embedded, it's the malware, it's hidden, until he pointed out. I mean, I, I knew I didn't think I was worth loving. I had no clue I told myself I was worthless. And also, I added, I was responsible for my mother's happiness for a number of reasons. Right. But these are, if, if you can slow down to that speed of consciousness where you are aware of who's telling you the story, that would be you. And sometimes it's your mother's voice, but you were the one that took on the story. Sometimes it's your father's voice. Sometimes it's a relative's voice. Sometimes it's a teacher's voice that you hear, but it's really your story. You took on the story. So the responsibility is with us to change our stories. Okay. So to that extent, we've, we've got that, and, and that rests on us to change the stories. Um, how do we introduce joy into this in order to, you know, kind of, I guess, inoculate ourselves from these situations? Or how does that, you know, how do we introduce it? And what is the impact that that has on this, these situations that we're in? Well, I would say that the the joy... Um, you get one or the other, right? Well, fear, for me, is the opposite of joy. So fear is the joy killer. And joy is there giving you life force, making life worth living, helping you appreciate the smallest moment or the biggest moment. And I think, too, the definition of joy is really critical. Like I said earlier, it's that sense of peace, that sense of, ah, everything's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be this monumental, hysterical moment where, like your wedding day, you know, the moment you say, I do, or the moment a child is born. They're extraordinarily joyful moments for most people. Um, so it doesn't always have to be that level. 
So I think sometimes people look for too much. Joy really comes in those small moments, and in particular when you learn to accept yourself. And you can start to see the fears, call them as unreal as they are, because everybody is worth loving. You are good enough. It doesn't mean that you can't grow, develop, be more. We are safe, generally speaking, unless you're in a dark alleyway, you know, and there's a, a, you hear a knife coming out of a sheath. Most of us are safe most of the time. And we're never separate. If you look at quantum physics, we're never separate. You and I, Adam and Mike, are, are all connected in the field, and we can never disconnect from that field. So we're never really separate, Adam, never. And we just perceive it as we don't belong. And it's a kind of an existential thing too, because when, when we come to earth and we're born, we separate in many ways in our interpretation from our spiritual nature. And, and I'm not a space cadet, but you know, we are mental, physical, spiritual, emotional beings. So we, we need to look at all of those aspects and they all tie into joy. And so that, that essence of who you really are. And it, and if you're, your listeners could take this away. See me and hear me saying, you are an astonishing being of light, astonishing, capable of amazing things. And stop for a moment, slow down to the speed of consciousness and just pick up all the voices you just heard when I said that. Did you hear it? No, you're not. You're worthless. No, you're not. You're not worth life. No, no, you suck. Whatever it is, just pay attention. Because the truth is, rip away the malware, which takes a while, by the way, to clear up. You know, it's an ongoing process, but it becomes easier and easier. You rip away the malware and you are left with the extraordinary beauty and astonishing nature of who you really are. And that's what happened to that young woman yesterday I was speaking to, because she had a glimpse during our conversation of who she really was. And it was like she went, ah, because she finally could see herself for who she really was. And you're all capable of that. All right, we're going to pause the conversation right there. Uh, This has just been amazing. It's been gold. But we've reached the end of our episode. So make sure that you subscribe so you get notified next week when part two comes out. We'll see you next time. 